Hello, everybody. It is great to be here one more time today. And my name is Gary Fowler, and I am the host of GSD Presents Silicon Valley AI and Tech. I'm a serial entrepreneur with 17 startups under my belt. I've been involved in several unicorns. I was on the original management team of Click Software, which was sold to Salesforce for $1.35 billion, and also Eva.ai, an AI HR tech company. We love artificial intelligence and quantum computing. We love Web3, the metaverse. And with that, I've got my incredible guest, Jin, is here today. We're going to talk about Upbound. We're going to talk Web3 and the metaverse. And here he is. It's 11 o'clock at night where he is today in Tokyo. So here we are. Hi, Jen. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Thanks for Good. having me. Good to have you here. So now I was asking you a question. Where is Orange Coast College? And you studied acting? No. <laughs> Who said so? Uh, I was in. I was at. Uh, so the Orange Coast College is in Orange County, very mm -hmm. close to UCI, UC Irvine. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was studying mathematics and physics. Not acting. I'm not going to be an actor. <laughs> ah, so you were saying mathematics, but I, but I saw there physics, 3D design, acting, and business. I thought, man, that is a wide background. That's for sure. <laughs> no, it's actually, I was amazed while I was there, right? Because in Japan, if you go to university, you can only study mathematics or physics. But then in the States or the college, you get to choose whatever you want to learn. So it's, it was a great experience for me. Interesting. And then you studied at Shanghai Jiao Tong University. Where's that? Is that it's in Shanghai. So basically, you know, I was always interested in, um, you know, like making something happen in my life. Right. And after I went to the States, I realized there are so many Chinese guys rising. And I met tons of Chinese friends uh, mm -hmm. in the States and they told me all the goodies about China. And I you know, dropped out the college. I went to Shanghai. I started my own business. You started your own business. So did you, was it interesting in China? Did you like it there, Jin? How was it? Yeah, I liked it. Um, because, you know, back then, all the kids, like all the, you know, college graduates were starting their own business instead of like going to a, a corporates, right? So everyone's working 24-7. Uh, actually, back then, we said, zero zero seven um you know like we start uh 12 o'clock to 12 o'clock you know like basically seven weeks so people are talking about zero zero seven which is basically 24 7 right we work 24 7 to get things done got it interesting then you were what's the hope for japan project what was that about uh right so one of the reason i dropped out of the college is because that was the time tsunami hit Japan, mm -hmm. and I started this project with, uh, you know, my college friends, and we went to twelve universities, including UC Berkeley, UCLA, and we raised about hundred k US dollar to donate to tsunami, uh, which happened in two thousand eleven. And so how that was? That. I mean, how was uh, Was it? Um, I mean, that must have been an incredibly rewarding experience to help trying to help like that. Yeah, I mean, it was because I used to live in Fukushima for three years because of my dad's business. And, you know, I could relate myself and I just wanted to do something while I was in the States. Interesting. And then um, and then you did your internship in Shanghai and marketing. Um, how was that? Do you speak uh, Chinese, too, or not? 
at all. No, not at all. Interesting. And then, um, so CC, CCD Asia, you did market research, development, management. How, what was that like? Okay, so that's um, real estate business, right? Commercial real estate agency. So what happens back then in China is a lot of people made a lot of money uh, by selling real estates, uh, like buildings, apartments, right? Mm -hmm. But then people start seeing a value of commercial real estate that has a longer return of investment, but that's more sustainable investment. So um, I worked for CCD, uh, you know, they have a, a lot of experience in this commercial field from Japan and they had office in China and I was able to get in through my friends. And um, I've been doing, you know, I was consulting, I was communicating with the US, comp US design company uh, and uh, also able to help those Chinese rich guys who doesn't know anything about commercial real estate development uh, from merchandising to um, construction, um, building in the environment. And I was able to bridge uh, by taking advantage of language skills. Wow, that's amazing. And then um, what is this? You started a uh, creative uh, direction promotional proposal company called Jinin? Yeah, Jin Design, basically. Jinin, Jin Design. Oh, wow. How was that? Right. So um, that was my very first company I started when I was 20. And the reason being is because experience in CCD is, um, you know, they are very strong when it comes to creative designs, architects and all that. But they have no idea about the technology, IT, digital signage, uh, POS system and all that. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just thought that bringing those um, you know, internet uh, to the real estate or commercial retail industry, um, that could be quite something, right? So I didn't know anything about it, but I usually do something before I think. So I just started the company and I ended up, you know, knocking all the doors and I was able to meet a creative director or merchandising director from New Balance. He was uh, overseeing all the Hong Kong, APEC, and I was able to, you know, build a business uh, by creating digital signage, uh, installing to real uh, retail. So I was able to go to UK to pitch with them. And it was great experience for 21 years old, you know, young businessman. Oh my God, that's amazing. Wow, yeah. that's incredible. And did you like it? Oh, yeah. I love my, like, all of my experience. I think, you know, being an entrepreneur, you know, doing new things all the time, challenging, working with, working with the great people, that's always the best experience in your life, right? It's amazing. And so you did you like living in Shanghai? How was it? Well, I mean, yeah, because, you know, back then, renminbi was uh, cheaper comparing to now. So I was able to leverage the salary uh, of foreign standard and, and I was able to, you know, go clubbing, hanging out with people. So it, was, it was a great experience. And, you know, like compared to Japan, at least, right? Japan is like, you know, there's a, uh, you, you work for a single company for a long, long time. And that's usually a norm 
but uh, people in Shanghai, they're so aggressive, you know, and uh, like I said, 24-7. So it was really good for me that I was able to spend time in Shanghai when I was 20s. And I got tons of experience and, you know, did a lot of challenges. Yeah, I loved oh, it. That's, that's amazing. And then you did, um, so tell me a little bit about it. You did um, Undone. So tell yeah. us a little bit about Undone. Okay, so before I go into Undone, the reason I was able to do that, right, was when I was 25, I started my, um, you know, new business. And it was a something like Instagram, but with the e-commerce software built in. And I was able to raise some funding in China from Chinese investors. And um, basically that business failed, right? And, you know, we didn't get the full amount of investment and I had to lay off and all that. But um, there's a guy who has a company called iClick listed in NASDAQ. Mm -hmm. And back then he was one of the investors that I pitched. And he told me, I'm not going to invest into this business, but I might be able to invest into me, right, as a businessman in the future. So after two years of my failure, I was still doing, you know, working for some other big corporates, doing creatives, digital advertisement and all that. Mm -hmm. And he called me, right, do you want to be a CEO of this company in Japan, right? He wants, wanted to expand this uh, customized watch D2C brand to Japan. And he talked to all the big corporates and all that, but they're super slow and, you know, they didn't have this startup feeling. He called me. I didn't, I had nothing back then, right? And suddenly I became a CEO of Undone Japan. And uh, that was my very first experience working in Japan. And, you know, I was able to create a few million years startup business within a year. And from that time on, I'm being okay, I guess. Wow, that's amazing. That's a great story. I love it. And then, so let's talk about Upbound, uh, up on What are you doing uh, today? And, and let's talk about, you know, what's happening with the Metaverse Web3. Right. So what AppBond does is uh, we create bridge between the real consumers, real enterprises to Web3, right? So Web3 is all about, you know, you manage your personal information. You control your data, right? That's, you know, what people talk about it. But do you really want to control your own data? Or can you actually control your own data? I don't know how many Bitcoins I lost because of my USB loss and private key loss and all that, right? So what we're creating is a wallet service that helps you to manage your private key securely uh, so that you don't lose your data, you don't lose your assets. And by taking advantage of social login and also the experience, you know, user experience that you're used to it, um, we're able to bring, you know, 99% of general population. And by providing um, sort of the bridge, um, decentralized identifier layer to be able to consent uh, your user information to the enterprises, you will be able to, or the enterprise will be able to still use existing customer relationship management. You still control your data, but you can selectively, selectively choose your data to be given to the uh, enterprise that you trust. 
Well, so that's what we do. And so what is the future? Let's talk about what is the future of uh, security, you know, uh, Web3, the metaverse? Where are we? Um, what is, you know, let's talk about Web3. I mean, let's tell us about right. the state of Web3 today because most people don't understand it. Right. I think, uh, you know, when I talk about this, I cannot I, I have to mention about the FTX situation, right? Mm -hmm. It's a big, it's been a big news in the industry and I not, I mean, even the White House was SEC has been following. Um, so Web3 itself is, you know, basically um, a new internet, right? Where you control your data, you manage your data, but then those, you know, FTX or other central exchange where that's where you still, you know, trust them to hold your assets. So I want to make sure that, you know, this whole FTX uh, situation and uh, Web3 itself are different. It's connected because, you know, we deal with the crypto assets, cryptocurrencies, but um, the the real Web3 is different. So I still believe that this industry will still go on. Uh, I, I think in, in terms of cryptocurrency wise, we, we're gonna hit a, a winter, but <laughs> the technology itself and the whole concept that you manage your data and you're able to, you know, selectively choose a company to trust, I, I'm pretty sure that's gonna be the future. And then, so what, you know, what's, what is the state of it right now? So what is the state right today? So what's happening? Where is security now? Um, in terms of security, um, you know, there's a, there are two, I think, I believe there are two things happening. One is a thing called multi-party computing, where um, originally when we do a signing process in blockchain, um, you know, the whole process was transparent, but utilizing multi-party computation, basically I can have a single wallet address and then between me and you, you do an approval and I do also an approval to be able to sign, which gives a big advantage for corporates to be able to go in because if it's a single wallet address, you know, who controls it, right? We have to have consent process and all that. So the multi-party computation will definitely add a, another level of security to this whole thing. And the other thing is really the compliance or governance, right? Because what happened to FTX, I, I'm not the pro, uh, I don't follow news that well, but the, the what, what is happening is obviously they, they should have had kept their assets that the user is putting in, right? They probably have invested into other companies and all that. So they weren't able to, you know, pay back to the consumers or the, the users that they had uh, store their assets in. Mm -hmm. So this regulations and compliance and all that are going to be very important when it comes to Web3, um, regardless of, you know, how secure it is to manage your private key or wallet. Because you you still want to you know ask ask somebody to hold your assets right. You don't want to hold your one billion US dollar assets by yourself. Mm -hmm. Oh, hundred percent. 
So yeah. you, I mean, you need somebody to be a custodian, right? To exactly. Be to, but you need somebody to be secure. I mean, like you said, you're concerned about, you know, losing your cryptocurrency. I mean, I, I got to tell you, when I started investing in crypto, I was really concerned about it, too. Yeah. Because if you sure. get some nefarious character in there, everything's gone. Mm hmm just gone exactly and, you know then um what's what's happening right now by the way jim what why are the situation why are the cryptocurrencies why they drop like a stone i mean it's just amazing to me right there's a lot of activity but why is it why is it dropped yeah why is it dropped i mean how does it go from sixty-five thousand for bitcoin down to whatever it is today i don't even know sixteen thousand twenty thousand why is it so i mean you would think the digital currencies were ruled the world Right. Yeah. Well, it? I mean, again, I'm not the expert, but uh, I am the tech guy. Right. But right. And, you know, I was in this in the States about one month ago. I was attending Sokol event. Right. There's a Kevin O'Reilly. We actually met there. Right. Through the mm -hmm. startup World Cup. But yep. there's another event called Converge happening, happening very next to, you know, the um, the venue that we met in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And. It's really about uh, regulations and all that, right? Because yeah. if uh, the banks or you know the whole the all money's at right, you mm -hmm. you the the money that stores if they are not gonna be in, if they're gonna be involved, that means you know SEC will give a consent to it, right? If there's no certain regulations, I don't think those big money will come into the industry. And that was something that they were concerned about, right? So unless there is a situation changes and the regulations, the, uh, the price is not gonna come back again. So that was the conversation. And then this FTX stuff happened. So I think uh, regulation is not gonna, you know, back you guys up. But then there's a, a little bit of interesting story happening in Japan. Mm -hmm. So usually in the States, right, we could do things and then uh, regulation comes later, right? But in Japan, regulation comes first. So that's why there's no innovation. We're super slow. Regulation comes first? Yeah. That's what Japanese government or Japanese well, politicians do. How do they know, do do they know what to regulate if it's not there? But they will just, you know, be super strict about whatever innovation uh, but they they try to make a rule before we do things. That's amazing. Well, how do you know? That's how, crazy. How do you know how to set the speed limit of the car uh, or the road if you don't know how fast the car goes? Right? Exactly. You know. But then here's an interesting story, right? So because of a Japanese FSA, which is the same as uh, SEC in, in the states, uh, FSA set this regulation where how to store the assets, right? How to protect the consumer's asset. So FTX Japan was able to secure the customer, consumer's asset. So that's actually, you know, we've been super slow on innovation when it comes to Web3, but then the whole industry was saved by this regulation. So I think, you know, besides Japan, most of the countries, this whole thing is going to, go for a while at least one to two years you guys not going to come back for web3 i guess but um at least you know uh ntt docomo uh announced that they will put um i don't know 600 uh, six billion us dollar 
to this Web3, uh, you know, ecosystem and all that. So I think, you know, it could be quite interesting for a Japanese companies to go into this uh, industry right now. So how do we look at it? You know, if you look at the Web3, um, what, let's look at the, where we are today with the web and let's look at web three let's talk to the audience because mo many people don't know what are the differences going to be jen and what do we need to protect right interesting so um first off like you know a lot of people talk about web three and metaverse at the same time right mm -hmm. so web three metaverse and web two metaverse the big difference is whether there's an interoperability or not. What that means is um, if you go into a metaverse because you have your own wallet, right? So you're able to take your asset in this metaverse. For example, you have, you know, your shorts, uh, fashion uh, brands and all that. If you buy in this metaverse because you own that, right? You purchased it. And in the world of Web3, you own the digital asset. So you can bring to the, the other metaverse uh, as far as the metaverse is compatible. So that's a big difference, right? What Facebook prob probably is doing at this point is, you know, Web2 metaverse, where there's no interoperability, there's no digital asset, no digital currency. So that makes a big difference, right? Because, you know, US and Japan, we, we trade, right? Because we have assets and we have currency. But Web2 Metaverse, there's no currency. There's no digital asset. So the world of Web3. Being able to trade in the Web3, that's, so that's number one. Okay. Exactly. But that opens up the opportunity for nefarious people to come in. If you're trading something, they can steal something, right? Yep. So how are we going to protect? Protect, protecting that's been very difficult in the industry, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, a couple of years ago, tons of billions of dollars got stolen from crypto. Mm -hmm. So um, again, right, we, I think uh, we came up with the technology to prevent that. And also the blockchain itself is traceable. The whole problem is because without connecting to the internet, you can create a wallet, right? And this wallet is not connected, connected, connected to the internet, but I still can send million dollars to this account. So blockchain itself has a traceability, right? If I transfer this cash to this wallet address, everything is transparent. But who holds this wallet? Well, that's the other thing, right? Right. This is so difficult because you can create a wallet without connecting to the internet. That means... I can have my laptop open to create my secret account and ask Gary to send million dollars. People will never find out who this wallet is. So that's the biggest problem. And that's what Twitter Jack Dorsey stated in June this year that, mm -hmm. you know, he talked about Web5, right? Mm -hmm. I think that uh, we, in order to evolve this whole Web3 thing, there got to be an identity, right? Transparency that blockchain uh, provides is quite innovative. It, it's a game changer for sure. But without having an identity, there's no safe place on this blockchain in internet space. Got it. Interesting. So tell me, you know, so in terms of upbond, so 
what are you going to do about it? And what are you looking to do? What, where do you see up on in the next two years? Right. So we focus on the identity, right? We, we, are, we provide a wallet, but our wallet enables consumers to have an identity. So there is a few levels of identity that we provide. One is our own identity. So you could connect your personal information as a smart contract layer so that at least we can tell this wallet address has name, last name whatsoever. Of course, we're not going to be able to access to it unless you give me a, a consent, right? That's the first layer. The second level, uh, second layer is KYC uh, layer. So we will have the concept of decentralized identifier is, you know, you own the identity, but then there's a, a issue. For example, driver's license. Um, you know, I, I forgot the name of the place that issued driver's license. What was it? DMV. DMV. I hate it, man. <laughs> I hate it, DMV. It's, mm -hmm. Anyways, um, so DMV is an issue, right? They issue decentralized identifier for you to hold. And then there's a, for example, Coca-Cola wants to access to your personal information. You give a consent to Coca-Cola and the Coca-Cola can get a real data. You don't want to maybe uh, reveal your driver's license number, but you might want to reveal your first name or last name or something. So there's a, a sort of identity layer that you can choose who to trust. So that is... Um, what we're bringing, bringing in. Trust. I like that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Without having digital identity or dis, you know, decentralized identifier um, in the blockchain space, I don't think it, it's going to be safe enough uh, for a normal general public to use uh, any of the services. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's so amazing. Doing, yeah. So how's business? Where are you right now with your business? Right. So... Um, it's been great. Um, I've been speaking in public regarding this topic, Web3, and, you know, I was at uh, AdTech Tokyo uh, in conference. I was speaking to really the uh, top-notch business guys in Japan. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have a lot of traction, and a lot of Japanese companies putting a, uh, from 300K US dollar to 1 million US dollar for research and development in Web3 space mm -hmm. right now. So basically we are setting up a consortium with the largest Japanese digital agent, uh, sorry, advertisement agency, as well as Polygon. Um, Polygon supports Starbucks, Disney for blockchain, right? Mm -hmm. So we are creating consortium so that each corporate, large corporate who has no idea what to do in Web3 space will come to this consortium to start a Web3 projects. And then every project that we incubate through this consortium, app on wallets are in, right? Mm -hmm. Safe for general public and there's identity layer behind it. So uh, that's how we are trying to bring this whole industry to the next level in Japan. But obviously I need your help, right? I have to get into the States because I think we have a great product. We know what we're doing but we have no idea how to get into the, the U.S. market. I don't know if it's a good timing, though. <laughs> well, that I mean, would, you'd be right. surprised. You know, you know, here's the thing that's really interesting for me, right? I've never seen as many startups uh, over my 37 years in, in building companies 
as many startups come into the U.S. as I have now, like never. And the reason is because of COVID. These companies were cooped up. They're just like yourselves. They didn't get a chance to travel at the time. Um, and they're looking for that next level, right? Mm -hmm. Connections. So there's an effect called the big million of self-fulfilling prophecy. You actually start to create what you believe in, right? And that's mm -hmm. I see it like now. I, I addressed 126 Korean companies last week at uh, Salesforce Tower. Um, before that, uh, Saudi companies. Before that, Ukrainian companies. Just, I mean, I've never seen it like it is now. And I've seen a mm -hmm. lot of ways, but nothing like now. So it's a great time if you know who to get to. It's a great right. time if you really, you know, you got all your pieces together and you're ready to present. Mm -hmm. There's 200 uh, at Salesforce Tower last week. I saw there's $290 billion worth of dry powder right now. It's wow. Dry powder than any time uh, ever, right? People don't realize 290. That was right from um, uh, uh, one of the law firms and, and uh, one of the top investors in Silicon Valley. I was in the meeting. I saw cool. So there's this is a great time. The thing is, it's about running as fast as you can. Yeah. In the right direction and making sure when you're running that you're able to keep up with it because it's not right. It's not like it's never straight. It's always convoluted. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like it's, it's never right. the key is being able to figure it out. And that's uh, that's exactly where GSD comes in. Right. It's been great. Right. Working with you guys, because obviously, you know, I can't even write english very well so like helping us to really you know uh sort out what to pitch what to prioritize what to remove right removing from the contents is always the hard part we put all, all we put too much contents well and you got to make it enchanting and exciting i mean we have some companies that have moved from a gsd labs to the venture studio where they want they're they're doing they want direct help with coming into the U.S. and they want to close mm -hmm. the future. And some of the companies have moved in that direction. And that becomes, it's like Click Software, right? Or, or uh, um, Eva, my company. It's like, right. you, you, you know, you get into it. We just, I've been doing this stuff for 37 years. Imagine who you know. Mm -hmm. It's kind of funny. You know, you're walking down the street like, hey, how are you? And, you know, or you get a call from somebody on the phone and, and they're, they're a famous tech entrepreneur. But to you, they're your friend. And then you're telling right. Funny stuff. You tell them jokes and stuff, and then everybody, you know, they're on TV. But the key is having those relationships to build the trust and credibility, and then understanding mm -hmm. where to go with it. So it's it just, you know, we named the company GST for a reason. It's get shit done. It ain't about the talk. It's about the action. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, at least you know that the the reason I loved it is because that's like what my life is all about, right? I usually make act you know, make action and then making actions will take you somewhere. But right now, I think I'm at the stage where I need to have a good direction instead of like in 20s, I was random. I was running as fast as can every single moment. That's why I'm, I'm here and I'm able to present myself good enough in, in, in this market. But I think when we have to become global, a number one company, in this in this field i think i need a, a good help and you know now i can take a good notes right because i've done you know i've done enough in 20s you're amazing you've done a lot of stuff yeah. but here's that's why we're uh, that's why we're here to help you've done a great right. job and we'll have a follow-up call I'll have jane set up some so we can talk about 
things in perfect hey by the way go ahead i want to ask you about you know i was amazed about this ecosystem that you know silicon valley offers right you know within like uh an hour two hours of flight you basically you know can get together and uh, interestingly you know large corporates are buying or using startup products that's a huge difference in japan they will never use startup products mm -hmm. so how can i be a silicon valley membership club you're, how can i get in you're coming to one of the club members that's one of the ways to get in <laughs> you know <laughs> we, we cool. can talk we can talk about it in granular detail so i mean it's uh you know we can get into it but the thing is, you know, coming into the club, there's a lot of trust and credibility that right. you need to have. And the other thing is uh, um, success, right? And, you, and you've got a lot of those pieces, you know, so you come to the right place. We'll have a uh, offline. We got we, we could have 50,000 people all over our different venues watching this thing. So I won't get into it right now. But, okay. you know, Jen, I want to I want to uh, thank you. This is very this is the most conversational of all the the different events and I've done a thousand podcasts. This is the most conversation one I've ever had. So it's kind of cool. like it's here together with you. I feel like we're doing a zoom, but to the rest of the planet, we're in Spotify. We're in Apple right now. We're being broadcast on podcasts. Wow. I didn't know right. that. I thought I was on zoom with you. No, no, no. We're all over the world right now. We're in uh, seven or eight different venues, anchor FM, the radio station. So we're Perfect. all over the place. But uh, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. You're an incredible guy doing incredible things, you know, and making the world a safer place, especially as we're to moving towards a Web3 and, and uh, the metaverse. So to my audience out there, I want to thank you for tuning in one more time to GSD Presents Silicon Valley AI and Tech. And my name is Gary Fowler, and I'm your host. We'll be back again on Thursday with another exciting edition. Stay happy, stay safe, and stay healthy, and I'll see you later. Thanks, Jen. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for your time as well. Bye-bye.